we've had a lot of requests to talk more about complacency in relationships, which really makes sense because one of our most downloaded episodes here on the podcast was the one where we talked about complacency in your relationship. Yeah. And one of the questions that seems to come up time and time again is, am I being complacent or am I just comfortable? And what's the difference between a comfort zone and complacency? So we're here today to help you figure it out. Am I complacent or am I comfortable? I don't know. Are you comfortable? Let's find out. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Master Your Marriage Podcast. I'm Robert Snow, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Charlotte Snow. Hey, everyone. So today, we want to talk about a subject that many of us grapple with at some point in our relationships. Oh, yeah. And that is complacency. You know it, that feeling that creeps in after that initial excitement of a relationship has settled down, and suddenly you find yourself wondering, is this what healthy relationships are supposed to look like? And because real relationships aren't Disney movies or Fantasy Island, and they're not always about grand gestures and epic adventures, real relationships are more about the everyday small moments, snuggling next to your loved one on the couch for Netflix nights or cozy breakfasts, or that silent understanding that's shared between two people who truly know each other. Exactly. And that's what we're going to explore today. We will uncover the truth behind complacency why it happens, and how to deal with it. Whether you're in a new relationship or you've been together for years, we all wonder if we're really doing the right efforts to keep us from growing apart. Absolutely. So let's dig in. Let's have a genuine conversation about the realities of relationships, the highs, the lows, and everything in between, because that's what we do around here. That's what we do. Let's ask the question, is my relationship normal or am I complacent? How do I know? And if it's complacent, what should I be doing about it? And I think this is a really smart question to stop and ask because I think a lot of people don't ask it until it's often too late. Way too late. They just think everything is good status quo. And as long as there aren't any major fights, major problems in a relationship, then everything must just be fine, right? When in reality, death to relationship happens by inaction, sometimes as much as action. Oh, boy. The law of thermodynamics basically says, left to themselves, things will decay. If there's any doubt about that, just forget working in your garden for a few weeks and then go outside and take a look at what you've got. Like our garden? Like our garden. Oh. Right now, actually. Yeah. Complacency is that deceptive comfort zone where everything seems to be smooth sailing. It's it's like when you start feeling like you don't actively need to put in any effort to maintain the connection with your partner. I make it similar to your car. As long as it's not making noise, must be running fine. No emojis on the dashboard. Yeah, so no emojis fine. on the dashboard. Everything's working great. Yeah. Except it's not like a car. No. No. And yeah. initially... This might not sound like a terrible thing. Feeling secure and comfortable in your relationship is obviously important. 
It can make you feel good. It can make you feel like you found your safe harbor. But here's the catch. Complacency can slowly morph into loneliness, resentment, indifference, and a few other things if we're not careful. Absolutely. And we see this all the time after the beginning stages of the relationship where we do everything to win each other over. Suddenly we start finding ourselves taking each other for granted. Yeah. And that taking each other for granted is a re- the real problem, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because it lacks appreciation. Ooh, favorite word. And if there's one thing we've learned, it's that appreciation is truly the fuel that keeps relationships burning. Ooh, I like that. Couples that appreciate each other, who continue to put a positive spin on their relationship and are always looking for the what's going right in their partner and telling them they appreciate them. Those are the couples that almost always are the ones that have long, enduring relationships. But when complacency sets in, that ex- those expressions of gratitude and admiration can stop. And it's like putting your relationship on autopilot without setting an end point. This can cause a slow, painful death of the relationship. That's why many divorces happen in midlife. Kids grow up, they go off to college, leaving an empty house with two people who are strangers. Strangers. That leads us to the obvious question, how can we tell if we've fallen into that complacency trap? Yeah, before it's too late. Exactly. Are there actually red flags that that are there? Can you think of some red flags that are like sure signs that you're in complacency rather than in comfort? Because I've been thinking about this week as we've been preparing for this, and I remember back to the times when our kids were little and maybe we started to take our date nights and deprioritize them, right? Instead of going once a week, then it was every other week, then it was once a month, and then it wasn't ever. And they started to space out farther. And a lot of these rituals that we created early in our marriage stopped. Do you remember that? Yeah, those were those were red flags. I remember back when we were deep into this complacent relationship with each other and where I think we're throwing our energy into the kids, which is a common theme. And I remember that I was trying to get you to do more date nights and the suggestion was that maybe we should do date nights with the kids. And so instead of us having a weekly date night, I had a date night. And granted, these were great because I got to go on date nights with my daughter. And Charlotte got to go with our youngest son at the time. And so we would swap. But So that was two or three of the nights a month that we would just, instead of going out with each other, we'd just go with the kids. Yeah, mom guilt right there. And then and then one for us. And so I'll tell you. That was not our best idea. Yeah, it wasn't our best idea. It no. seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, yeah, not our finest. So probably a red flag. So here's another red flag I was thinking about. Have you ever lost your curiosity about what's going on in your partner's life? Do you remember those long conversations you used to have about your dreams and your fears and your passions back when you were mapping out your partner's world? Those conversations help you build your emotional connection. And if you're still not trying to be an expert in your partner's life, then you're probably sliding slowly into complacency. Yeah, that's such a good point. We have to maintain being that expert in each other's lives. Yeah. Another one I thought of is is actually not really caring anymore about your physical appearance or even having good manners around your partner. That might seem silly, but I've seen that happen a lot where people let themselves go and they just stop caring. And you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you always have to have a face full of makeup, just showing up as the best that you can and, and showing respect and a appreciation for each other in the everyday moments. That goes a long way to show that you're still part of their life. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that's hard to hear, I think, 
because as we get comfortable with each other, right. we stop trying. But I've always liked to dress up. I want to look good for you. I want you to be attracted to me. And and I'm still trying to decide whether that's my neediness or whether I just I like just being your person. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I like the feeling of being proud of you and being proud to go out on a date with you and proud of how you look. Like I like that. And it doesn't mean that I don't have days where I'm doing rock in the messy bun and no makeup and totally in my yoga pants for the third day because I've been working on some project. Okay, maybe not the third day, but like we we all have those days. But by and large, am I trying to still be the best I can for you? Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that too. Another sign of maybe a red flag would be disregarding your partner's opinion. Once upon a time, you likely valued each other's opinions, their thoughts and their ideas. Like you wanted to know what their opinion was about, I don't know, this book that you bought or And maybe you wanted to share that with you because you valued their input or maybe even controversial topics. And you get to the point where people just get so set in their ways that you start dismissing your partner's input without any consideration. And when you stop caring what they think, either about you or about anything in general, then you're probably deep into complacency. Yeah. Well, and what about physical intimacy? Another big one. If you're not prioritizing physical intimacy, touch, connection in that way, and even your sex life, like that might be a big indicator of complacency because intimacy is an important aspect of a romantic relationship and neglecting it can lead to a lot of feelings of loneliness and, and neglect. Yeah. Another big sign, as we've talked about before, is ignoring these bids for connection. Your partner might still try and be trying to connect with you in small ways, like sharing a joke or a thought. And if you consistently brush off these attempts for connection, it could signify that you're falling into complacency. Yeah, these are some good ones. Yeah. Great yeah, ideas. Absolutely. So do any of these that we just talked about, do any of these sound familiar to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they sound familiar to me. And I think, actually, that's probably how we came up with them. Yeah. <laughs> right. A lot of times people try to write these things off. Oftentimes clients will come in and they'll say to me, yeah, but we're just so busy. We've just had a really tough week. We've just been really busy. And they just write these things off as though they've just happened. But it would be a lot smarter to acknowledge that maybe you've gotten a little too comfortable and that it's time to get back on track. What is our absolute favorite antidote for complacency? Rituals. We use rituals to put time and attention into our relationship. And we make sure that we're not gone for long periods of time without attention. And and then if you are gone, we're not trying to make up for it in grand gestures when you've been ignoring your partner because it's not about grand gestures. Um, Those are fun, like big trips and vacations are great, but it's the small moments done consistently It really keeps us dialed into our relationship. These rituals are amazing. And I think we're going to talk more about those. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And a couple of things I want to say about rituals is that they don't have to be expensive or complicated or elaborate. In fact, probably the more simple, the better, because then you'll actually do them. They just need to be intentional and consistent. They need to be these deliberate moments where you're just together and you're present and you don't have distractions. You have to cultivate the small pleasures in the small moments that are all around you all the time because that's when you find real joy in your relationship. And they should also be meaningful rituals to the couples, right? You should never feel like you're just checking off a box. It might be really meaningful for one couple to work out together daily. And those are goals for those couples. They love to work out daily. There's other couples who just love to go for a walk. 
So what you're saying is that rituals need to matter to the people yeah, that are doing them. So then how do couples create rituals that are meaningful to them? For us, it's always been about connecting the rituals to our core values. For the last several years, we've been incredibly intentional about discovering each other's values and then hand-selecting rituals that honor both of our values. Yeah. And then not only do we end up preventing complacency, but we do it in a beautiful way that is really elegant and meaningful. And we both feel seen and we both feel like we're part of it and we both feel supported because we're doing things, really intentional things that are aligned with what's deeply important to us. And it's something I've always wanted to give to other couples. Since we started doing this work, it's been the number one thing I've always wanted couples to understand the most creating an aligned vision that aligns our values and then taking a step further and creating rituals around those values. This has changed our relationship more than anything else, probably more than any one single thing we've ever done. It's been the single best thing, at least for our relationship. I agree. We should probably review the process for how to discover our values, don't you think? Yeah, I think it'd be great. Yeah, I agree. So once a year, what we do is we take a weekend trip. It's usually one night, sometimes two nights. We have a favorite spot that's about, I don't know, an hour away from our house. And and doing this trip has been one of our rituals. So this is a ritual itself. It's been our most important ritual. And as we're going to describe it to you, it might sound at first like it's a business meeting, biz, but trust me, there's always romance, new lingerie, and some steamy hot playtime involved as well. Steamy hot playtime. Yes. Oh, okay. I like Always. that. Yeah. But yes. Beyond that, there are also three other non-negotiables that are on our agenda for the weekend. We talk about and celebrate the things that we're really proud of, like the things that we've accomplished this year. And it's a debrief of all the important things that have happened and what we've done. And then we move on to what's going on the next year. So we talk about vacations. Those are important. We talk about goals. We talk about projects, dreams, and we create a vision for our life together over the next year. So you said we debrief the previous year and then we plan the following year. Yep, absolutely. But there's a third thing that we do that is really unique. What we do is we dig really deep into figuring out each other's values. And I'm not talking about just general core values because you're probably familiar with those, but relationship values. And that is a totally different conversation. Yeah, and the reason why this is so important is because a person's value represent the things that are most important to them and most cherished in their life above anything else. Values are the things that you'll do almost anything to get. You'll invest all of your time, your energy, and your money to get them. They aren't goals. They're bigger than goals. They're actually part of your personal identity. Yes. And most people don't really sit down and try to figure out what their values are. Or they don't know how to do it. Yeah. I think they generally have some sense of what their values are, but they aren't clear about really what their values are. Yeah. And values can change from year to year. Like things that are important to me this year probably weren't that important to me last year or certainly not five years ago. Exactly. And that's because life changes us. Life changes everyone. Our experiences change us. Our trials and our struggles change us. And not only that, we aren't really very self-aware of what our values are. And a lot of these values that we hold deeply are actually unconscious, meaning they're not part of our general awareness. And we certainly don't think about them from day to day. And this is why we have to ask the right questions and do a lot of self-reflection and really figure out what these values are and 
We have a process for that. We do have a process yeah. for that. Should we go through that? Should we do that? Yeah. Maybe we should just model it right now, kind of how we do it on our weekend trip. You want to like, do that live? Mm-hmm. I think we should just go for it. And we may have to condense it down a little bit because in the interest of time, we have, may have to shorten it a little bit. But I think we should just go for it and make it raw and okay. real and like we would actually do it in real life. Okay. I'm down. Do you want to ask the questions or do you want me to ask the questions? Um, you ask questions. You have memorized and then I'll just... Wing it? I'll, I'll just wing it. You yeah, usually do best. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my first question, and this is how exactly how we would do it in real life, is what's important to you these days in the context of our relationship, Robert? What's important to you? Partnership. Partnership? What else? I said that fast, right? You did. That just flew right off the cuff. What else is important to you? Communication. Communication. Okay. I'm writing these down. What else is important to you? Acceptance. Acceptance. What else is important to you in our relationship? Thinking. 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 That's important. Goals. Like having goals together? Yeah. Yeah. Shared goals, shared meaning. Cool. Good. So I have partnership, communication, acceptance, goals. What else is important to you? I got to think fast because I don't want to make this go too long. In the context of our relationship? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Sex? Oh, geez. Yeah, I don't know. I can't believe it took that that long. I I was thinking high level. All right, yeah. So you get the idea. I'm asking the same question repeatedly over and over again because his initial responses, like he threw out partnership really quickly, those are generally the really surface level answers. But the more I ask, the more he's going to have to dig into his deep into his unconscious to get the answers. So it's going to take longer. And you noticed her there when I was saying thinking, he was, that's actually, I call it buffering. And that's because he's digging deeper into the unconscious to come up with those probably more important values that are more deeply held. So I will continue this process. I'm going to stop for right now. We only have a couple, but I would continue this process until he flushed everything out and he couldn't think of anything else. Then I would ask him, can you think of a time when you were really motivated in the context of our relationship? So where you felt really good about us, you felt really good about the direction we were headed. Was there a specific time, one specific moment in time where you felt really motivated in the context of our relationship? Yes. Yes. So right before you felt motivation, if you could rewind that movie in your mind, right at that time of motivation, there was also a feeling that you had. Awesome. Can you name that feeling? Awesome. 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 It's weird. I don't, I. I, Okay. What else did you feel? Excitement. Excitement. So is excitement a value for Accomplishment. Accomplishment. I might've played this game before with you. Uh Huh? Yeah. Is awesome a value or was that just? I guess maybe not a value. Maybe it's. Is excitement a value? Yeah. And is accomplishing things together a value? Yes. Okay. So there, that question of motivation fleshed out additional values. So I would ask that question two or three more times until he started to feed me the same answers. And then- Repeat myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one more question I have for you is, assuming we have all of your list, okay? We have, so let's say we've been doing this process and I have a list of 20 or 30 things on my list. I would show you the list and I would say, okay, Robert- Considering you have a relationship with me where all of these things are present, partnership, communication, acceptance, sharing goals, 
accomplishing things together, excitement, great sex, and whatever else we end up on our list, respect, communication, connection, time, fun, whatever. Assuming we have all of these things present, is there anything that could happen that would cause you to leave me? Betrayal is an easy one, right? Okay. Not having betrayal is obviously important to you. Then what would you need to stay? Commitment. We're right back to... Commitment, trust. Yeah. Good. So behind the thing that would cause you to leave, we call that an away from value, There was there's another hidden value that would be necessary for you to be in the relationship with me, which indicated commitment and trust. Right. Okay. So I would ask that question again, and then we would continue to flush these out. And then I would turn the list to Robert and I would say, okay, go ahead and rank these, this list, put them in order of most important to least important, but do it as quickly as you can. Don't try to think too hard about it. I really want more of your unconscious response. So really quickly, just put them in order from most important to least important. You want me to do that? Not right now. Okay. But what we would have then is we would have a list of all of his values and we would really hone in and focus on the top 10. And then we would repeat that entire process where Robert would ask me that same series of questions. And then now we've got my top 10, his top 10, and we would compare them side by side. Yeah, this rank order thing really just, I think the part that we have to think about this is that it you're really working from your unconscious mind or your subconscious mind, however you want to put it. And that's why sometimes the first answers are really easy because those are top of mind. And then we dig a little deeper and that's where you're really getting at what's under the surface. And then the ordering also just has to be fast pattern recognition for me. Nope, that's it. That's the one that speaks to me like out of the gate and that, that one and that one. And I can get my top five pretty quick. I'm really just trying to let my unconscious mind rule the day here because these are unconscious values that drive everything that is important to me. So I do that. And then there's some other pieces to this. But And I think if we think too hard about it, our conscious mind is going to get in the way and try to talk us out of what is actually true. So that's that's why I like to just, when you say really quickly do it, that's for me, that's the thing. Yeah. And what this is telling me is it's telling me a story. It's telling me a story of what it takes for us to both feel deeply fulfilled and joyful and like our relationship has richness and meaning. And I know that if we can create rituals around these values that we share, that we're going to both feel so much more accomplished in our relationship, right? That's why it's so important, right? To just to dig in and figure out what these values are. And I love the point that we're going to talk about with rituals is just that so now we have these unconscious values, the things you didn't really think about because they're not top of mind, and we've flushed those out. And then we're matching those up with the, our partner, the one that we love the most. And now we can understand their unconscious drivers, our unconscious drivers, and figure out how we can align our values. And then how do we create things that are important around that, these rituals? And now you've created a custom set of rituals, a custom set of activities custom set of things that you're always doing that is designed really about making sure that your partner is happy. And I call this the easy button. Like once I figured out her top values and his top values, then now it's easy. It's just really easy to create these small gestures. They're not really time consuming. It's just one thing. And if you could do one or two small things daily that built your marriage, that deposited into your marriage's emotional bank account, like 
how much different would your relationship look? Exactly. So what we're going to do from there is we're going to take these values and we're going to create intentional rituals around each of these values. And how would that be really to have these values represented in the small and simple acts that we do every single day? So let's look as an example. Let's say on your list was learning together, like really important. You mentioned intellectual intimacy, like having some couples love to have intellectual intimacy where they want to learn things together. What if they had as a ritual once a month, they did a book club for two where they read a book together that it was a common interest and they would talk about that book. Or let's say in one another couple, maybe spirituality is something that's really important that they want to have within their relationship. They could have rituals around going to church or meditating or reading scripture together or maybe emotional connection and honesty is really important for a couple. Gosh, maybe every day they have a ritual where when they get home from work, they spend 20 minutes just debriefing their days and talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else in between. And they have stress-reducing conversations. Or maybe, like I think for most people, physical intimacy is important. So we schedule sex. It's fine to schedule that, by yep, the way. It is. But some for some, like for me, also, in addition to that, I also want other physical intimacy that's non-sexual. And so Robert knows it's really important that because that's my love language, that he gives a lot of non-sexual touch as well. And you know that because you know what my values are. We could go on and on with examples, but you get the idea. Rituals are great. But rituals that also honor each of your core values is at the next level. You're creating intentionality around those things that are so core to who you are and core to who your partner is. That's when rituals are deeply meaningful. Make them simple, but make them powerful. Make them consistent. Be completely present. And when you execute them, make them a priority. If you honor each other's values and create rituals around it, you're going to have much greater intimacy, connection, and friendship like you really never thought possible. I promise it's been the superpower in our relationship. I like the superpower in our relationship. I think it really has been. Yeah, I think so too. We better wrap up this episode, don't you think? Thank you for being here today. Please consider subscribing to the show. And if you haven't already, just hit the follow button inside the player that you're currently listening on. The best way you can support us and support our mission is to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We really do appreciate that when you do it. As always, be kind to each other, take care of each other, put each other first. It's the small and simple things every day that create strong relationships. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.